Can I leave? Doug, what do you want to do here? Kyle's a wreck. I need you in a better place here with your cave. You're gonna hurt her, and she's the one that's your friend. You fight with everybody. What you did to my sister, and you drove Lisa Vanderpump off the show. I mean, the list can go on and on. Hello, and welcome to Bravo, Bravo, Effing Bravo. (laughs) And the Tony goes to us. Oh, that was fun. I don't care. You know what? Like, I feel like I've watched that reunion trailer so often. When it this episode, I, I was still enthralled. Me too. Like, <laughs> I would have normally felt gypped, but I was like, I could watch it again and again. It was such good TV, wasn't it? Like, mm-hmm. I think it was everything. I think it was obviously them. It was the music. It was the editing. It was the rewind thing. It's the timestamps. Oh. T- you're right. It was the God, time stamp. on a timestamp. Me oh. too. Oh. I feel like timestamps are the new food orders. You know, we they always used to be are. like, oh, my God, the food orders. But now we're like, oh, it's 10.27. <laughs> oh, my God, your face just then. Epic. <laughs> Seriously. Tony, Emmy, it's fucking an EGOT for you, Nathan. <laughs> I just said I had a little nap and fuck, man, now I'm awake. Oh, yeah. Oh, so unfortunately, people, it's my turn and we got three shows to do. But before we do, I just have two little quick things to say. Okay. One, Cynthia Bailey and Mike Hill are getting divorced. Oh, well, who saw that coming? You read that, yeah? Nah, but I don't care. You didn't read that? Okay, yes. Just before their second wedding anniversary, they're splitting up. Now, they, they got married like on a certain date in a pandemic, right? Because the numerology aligned or some shit. Well, I guess it didn't work. It was 10, 10, <laughs> 20 or something like that. That's so dumb. I know. These people had a long distance relationship and then they got married and then moved in together. Mm. What do you expect? Blah, blah, blah. The other one, Lisa Rinna was slammed by the American Institute for Cancer Research. Did you see that? Oh, good. No, I didn't see that either. Obviously, like, this is in retaliation to her comments from last week's episode where she's like, I have to basically gossip about you, Kathy, because otherwise I'll get sick and get cancer, yeah. right? They said that Rinna was co-opting the disease to justify her emotional blackmail. And oh, that's that, a good way to put it. Yeah, and that there's actually no strong evidence to support stress being the cause of cancer, even though it's a popular concept and regurgitate it to the show's millions of viewers. So I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Lisa Rinna is just such a big fucking dum-dum. I just can't stand her. And you want to know who else I hate now? Yeah. I'm back to hating Kyle. I hate her so much. Really? Hate Kyle. Why? Oh, she was so annoying this episode. And you know how they kept saying, like, we can all agree, don't send death threats to these women. I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're back to hating Kyle. Oh, I really, oh, with a passion. I really liked you liking Kyle. I don't know why. It was a flash in the pan. Maybe secretly I love Kyle. No, you don't. No one does. <laughs> we all just get a little confused sometimes. Oh, my God, we get confused. <laughs> Oh, what did you think of before it starting Garcelle burning sage and Sutton eating non-vacation bacon? I love it. I love all the getting ready stuff. Me too. We need more of that. And like when at the very end of the reunion episode, we see Kathy arrive in like that nighty and slippers. And the like, hotel I mean, slippers. <laughs> I, I lived for that. She needs to bring out her own line of hotel slippers. Are they not already Hilton hotel slippers? That's it. Oh my God. She does have her own line of slippers. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck me, people. I just got that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who's telling her off for wearing her own branded hotel slippers? I I assume she's not wearing Best Western slippers. That we've all fucking taken out of the hotel before. (laughs) Yeah. And then they were like so sad once we got home. But in the hotel, we were like, I fucking love these. I'm never taking them off my feet. Mm -hmm. True that. Andy's on Raya. Kyle got her boobs redone and reduced, and then yeah. Andy said that it's the chicest reunion he's ever seen. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. I did love that. So we'll quickly do the outfits, right? Sure. What did you think of Garcelle's Victorian ruffle collar? I didn't hate it. 
Okay, you just love Garcelle because that was hideous. <laughs> I do love Garcelle. I thought everyone sort of looked all right except for a few exceptions. I did not care for Kyle's blonde hair. Ugh, gross. And her 80s holographic dress. It's fine. I hate her. Her dress was fine. I'd wear it to an 80s party, but I wouldn't just be rando wearing it. Mm-hmm. But then again, I'm a child from the 90s, so 80s fashion is not my thing. I didn't mind Crystal's neon yellow dress. What did you think? Yeah, I thought she looked good. I, honestly, the lack of feathers was a tick in my <laughs> column. So, like, I was giving this one a toot. <laughs> a toot, not a boot? Yeah, because of all the, you know, it wasn't feathergeddon. Feathergeddon. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think anyone looked great. I don't think anyone's dress is something that I would want to wear. Okay. Maybe I'd wear Crystal's neon yellow once, but. Erica looked like a cheap casino hooker. She did. She looked really, um, not Las Vegas, what's the other one? Oh, Atlantic City. Yeah, she looked like an Atlantic City girl. You know what, though? Like, I don't hate when Erica looks like a garbage whore because dress what you are, you know? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't think anyone looked great. They all looked really trashy. Mm-hmm. So, what, what about Rinna? With her fucking leopard print dress and her tchotchke porcelain bird, a.k.a. Lois. No, thanks. Put that bitch on pause. Put the bitch she, on pause. She brought a little bird statue. I was like, oh, here we go. It's a little fucking tchotchke, mate. <laughs> no one, like, keep it in your purse, bitch. <laughs> keep it in your purse with your fucking manila envelopes, mate. No one needs to oh, see was sad. the manila envelopes. Unless you have a binder, no one wants to see it. Yeah, exactly. We need tabs. We need stickums. We do. Uh, that loose sheaf manila folder. No. Nah. So sad. No one wants to wait while you thumb through pieces of paper, sweet pea. Sorry. Mm-mm. Step it up. Step your pussy up. Okay, clearly I've been watching too much Drag Race. Um, <laughs> we start with the toothless and homeless and everything being No, no so comments chic. on Dorit. Oh. Um, Snooze fest, Dorit. <laughs> Snooze fest. I didn't like her hair. I don't care what nah, anyone says. Even the little, we got the little reunion montage. I'm like, your hair's looked better. Yeah, it has. Uh, if she's back next year, I'll be shocked. Really? You think she's been so boring? And like, we just resolved the burglary storyline in in like one part of a reunion, and we're like, all right, that's out of the way. But, I mean, <laughs> Robin bins on Potomac for how many seasons, and she's still fucking there. She's the most boring housewife ever. Oh, I guess. Yeah. We'll get to that, but no, I don't mind to read. Okay. She doesn't bother me. She doesn't need to leave, but she, I don't need her, but she doesn't have to go for me. So. Okay. And besides, if it wasn't for Dorit, we wouldn't have had Jamie Lee Curtis come back. You know what? I didn't need to see her again. Really? I'm sorry. She's oversaturating the market. I've had a fuck enough <laughs> of Jamie Lee and her Halloween ends. When will it end? It's never going to fucking end, Mariana. <laughs> she needs to rest in peace. Let Laurie Strode die along with Kyle because I'm sorry, I do not have to hear about the bloody my hand in yours tumblers ever again. Yeah, well. Go away. And did you see? Sorry, I'm on a rant No, here. please, go, she- go. When she came, her little tagline was Jamie Lee Curtis, Halloween end. So I'm like, I know you have a movie coming out, Universal. Like, just let it rest. <laughs> like, how much crossover is in the audience between, like, horror aficionados and Housewife fans that the only promo I ever see for Halloween fucking ends is on this show? Put up a poster. Like, talk to the marketing team and go elsewhere. Stop hounding and harassing me to see this shitty film. Like, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God, that was so good. I literally sat back, people, with my morning coffee and just watched him go. I could do another 12 minutes of that. Easy. Really? Do you, do you want to continue it? Like, no, I just had to get it out. Oh, God, that mate gave me life. I'm very, very happy. I'm sorry that you had to get upset for it. That's okay. All I have to say, Nathan, is that was so chic. <laughs> so chic. You don't want to talk about the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis has rebranded her charity to the Sheikest Children's Charity, or was that a joke? I think she really did that. I think she did, and I think that was actually quite cute. And did you see, like, Dorit, like, crying? I'm like, okay, calm down, Dorit. I mean, she named the wind chime the Dorit Sheik wind chime. I cried laughing, Nathan. This is the only reason why I want to talk about it. I cried laughing. (laughs) It's very funny. I would 
hate to have a wind chime named after me. Like a wind chime of all things, the most annoying things on the planet. Bitch, I wouldn't care. Jamie Lee Curtis knows my name. Uh, um, Seriously, I'd be up for that. She's fucking choice. I mean, I have listened to her podcast before and it's very lovey-dovey, so boo-hoo, but... (laughs) Yeah. The only thing what I don't buy is how close Kyle is pretending her and Jamie Lee Curtis are. She says, oh, we're yeah. close, we have an amazing relationship. I'm like, I don't buy that. There's no crossover on that set. Like, no. Mm-mm. Jamie Lee Curtis wouldn't contradict her because of the charity boost, so whatevs. Before we move on, what I did think was funny was Jamie Lee Curtis seemed to have more love for the production crew than any of the ladies on the couch. Did you notice that? Yes. When she was thanking them and we got a little shot of Erica who was just you could tell she was almost like, what the fucking, with her face. Well, to be fair, the crew do a lot more work than Erica Jane does on this show. Like, True I think that. as much as I am over Jamie Lee, mm. it was, she, she's a class act. I agree, 100%. So, now, Andy wanted to move on and he asks, can I ask a dumb question? And Erica says, when don't you? <laughs> she's such a bitch. But then we move on. Okay, the rest of the episode was, I don't know, it was just kind of heavy. Yeah, and it's all the, like, minor subplots that we're just trying to get rid of before the fun starts next week. Yeah, with Kathy. So, basically, what we talk about for the rest of the episode is about Garcelle's kid, Jax, being targeted and harassed on social with really racist comments. Um, yeah. And the other thing we talk about is Crystal and her eating disorder. And, of course, we talk about Dorit and the home invasion. These are the three topics for the first reunion. Those, those are pretty big topics, yeah. I mean, look, they're big topics, but they're really heavy. Yeah. And, like I said, we touch on Garcelle and her son and then we get back to it later. But Andy kind of wanted to address it a little bit first so that he could address the viewers on behalf of himself and Bravo to condemn what has happened to Garcelle's son. Mm -hmm. And then we go straight into Dorit's home invasion stuff and we get the video again from the start of the season with the footage of the the home invaders. And I'm going to say that that bit that they show us when PK goes back into Kyle's house and Dorit is sitting on that bench losing her shit, right? She's crying. Uh She's saying, find it, find the phone i got to say that breaks me every time. Mm, I'm still not buying it. Okay, so for me, what I saw <laughs> of Dorit on that bench was I saw her have a panic attack. Yeah, she was she was crumbling. Yeah, she was like she didn't want to be there. She didn't want to be in her skin. She didn't want to be in that moment. She was so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Her anxiety looked like it was at a 10. Seriously, dude, that was her having a panic attack. And I just don't know if that needs to be entertainment. That's all I'm saying. Mm, okay. Like, seriously, she was having a fucking panic attack. I want to go back to the funny shit. I want to go back to loving them, loving, hating them. I don't need to be seeing someone having a panic attack on my TV for my entertainment. I'm fine with it. But to Dorit's credit, like, I, I think at the time I was like, ugh, is she going to drag this out for episodes? And she didn't. But then she got really boring. So I don't know which way I'd rather have it. Mm-hmm. That's so. true. I did think it was funny that Andy was just, like, yawning again yeah. <laughs> while she's talking and the way she calls him out each I time. I know. Really? Am, Am I, I boring, boring you? Well. <laughs> that should be, like, if she is back next season, like, that should be something in her tagline. Yeah, totally. That would make a great tagline. Mm-hmm. What about when Andy asked her if she replaced any of the items that got stolen and even Kyle was like, well, that was last season stuff. <laughs> Because she said, I'd never replace, did she say like for like? What did you think when Kyle (laughs) just- funny. um, What did you think when Kyle just randomly was like bringing it back to her robbery? Oh, that was fucking juicy. She paid? She pa- there's a ransom, There's it's the shit's been stored with the grandma. Like, what the fuck? What's going on there? Okay, so the people who stole all of Kyle's stuff, including all the stuff that her mum gave her that's irreplaceable, her sister-in-law was contacted by the burglars who sent her photographs of Kyle's stuff and said, the stuff is at my grandmother's. This guy was in jail, was going to jail. <laughs> I, know, I don't know about that bit of stuff. So she said we sent him some money. So I guess the idea is she probably Venmoed him like, I don't know, I'm going to just pull a figure out of my bum and say like a thousand bucks 
to see if he would send her stuff so then she could pay him more for it. But apparently he was deported and she never heard from him again. Okay, my, my problem is why would you go straight to the Venmo when you go to the cops because, like, you've got a photograph that can be time-stamped and tracked. You know that it's the grandma. Like, how many grandmas does this guy have that we can't track down? Yeah, but like- she's not going to know this guy's name. <laughs> Isn't he in jail for it? No, he wasn't in jail for stealing her stuff. He was in jail for other stuff. (laughs) But uh, can we not track the number, like the burner phone they're using or something? Like, come on, people. I don't know. And I loved when Erica said, why would you send him a dime? That's a fucking criminal. (laughs) I feel like everyone in the room was sort of like, uh, (laughs) looking at her. I didn't hear that. What? (laughs) She was like, why would you send him a dime? That's a fucking criminal. (laughs) Wow, Bethany, wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, that's hilarious. There's another moment when they were talking about why Michael Jackson might be problematic mm. and Erica was like, but that trial was, he, he was, <laughs> you know, like she's. But he was, he was found innocent or something like that. He, he was, he was cleared of all charges or something like that. Yeah. So she is so committed to the letter of the law and yeah. yet she lived with Tom Girardi for how many years who. I know he's a lawyer, but he's doing some dirty shit. Like, surely yeah. she must know that the law isn't always about if you're innocent, you're innocent, you're guilty, you're guilty. It's about who's got the better lawyer. Exactly. But that's what she's clinging on to with her life. So I mean, it, I'm not surprised she said something like that. It just, again, goes to show where her head is at and where her heart is at. Oh, and then we move on to Crystal's eating disorder and... To be honest, it's more about what the women said in relation to her and her eating disorder and them having to apologise for it. So Andy wants to talk about Erica's comments towards Crystal about why don't you just take laxatives and she was just basically saying, yeah, it was bad, I shouldn't have said it. Again, she's not emoting any compassion. Even Andy has to go in and tell her how bad that was and said, well, what about your chicken, well, he said chicken nugget comment. (laughs) (laughs) Not the chicken nuggets. And all she says is, yeah, I said it, I did it, and it was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, apology off sick. Like, where is it? Yeah, there's no apology. There's no... There's no compassion in her voice. There's no empathy. It's like, what's happened to you in your life that this is how you've learnt to behave. I kind of felt sorry for Erica in that moment. You're not going to have any real people in your life, real friends, if this is how you express sympathy. I actually preferred Erica's approach to Dorit's, who was just, like, shocked at why Crystal would be upset. And Crystal's like, are you fucking kidding me? And then she wouldn't let Crystal speak. None of them let Crystal speak this whole episode. But she was, Dorit was just like so dumbfounded that she'd caused offence. And it's like, fuck, at least Erica owned up to it. She didn't apologise, but at least she took accountability. Whereas Dorit was just like, la-di-da, deflector. You reckon? Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a tough one because Dorit was like, you said it to a table of people and then I hear you're talking about your eating disorder to the women and you posted about it on social media. How the fuck was I to know that that particular tidbit of information was off limits? I mean, context is key, but, like, it's a pretty heavy fucking subject. Like, I wouldn't be bringing up air in other people's crap when they haven't talked about it specifically. No way. I wouldn't be saying anything about it. And you're right, not using all of that, what I just said, as an excuse to gossip. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Look, I did not write many notes about the dark comments. Well, we've we've done so much work on the dark comment. Like, it just felt... I know reunions are meant to dredge up shit, but it just really felt like retreading water. I was really proud of Sutton for just staying the fuck out of it. Because really, it was uh-huh. about her. Yeah. What else can she do? Like, she could have made it a lot worse, yeah. but Well, the other ladies did. They just were going on and on and on about it and hammering Crystal with it. And I do get where they were coming from in the sense that it did sound like it was a specific comment. It didn't sound like a tone. And I just kind of felt like with Crystal, okay, I'm not, I guess I am saying I agree with the other ladies because it's almost like we're talking about feelings not being facts. And Crystal is sort of saying that her feelings are more important than what she said. And I disagree. Right, Just because your intention was A, it doesn't mean that your actions B are not allowed to be discussed. Mm. Her intention was to share how she felt about the conversation. They're like, bitch, facts are facts. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. What really just 
didn't sit well with me is just how they wouldn't accept anything that she said. They wouldn't let her get a word in and make a point, even though she wasn't making it that well. Mm. And they wouldn't even try to interpret what was going on. Whereas then Diana comes in and it's all suddenly their job to make Diana make sense, whereas mm. they can't, you know, give Crystal the same energy. No, you're right. Or respect. They're being they're being two faced about it. They're fucking fickle. They are fickle. But they're I don't think they're wrong with Crystal, but I also think they're wrong with Diana. Oh, they're so wrong with Diana. Because I'm sorry. Feelings aren't facts. Facts are facts. And the fact is you made comments saying that Sutton said dark comments. And then when Diana uses the word dark in the wrong, in in the (sighs) same context, and you're like, oh, okay, it's a language thing. This fucking Diana. There's no way she's sick, by the way. Oh, no. I thought she had COVID. Didn't we discuss this in the last episode? That's what she was saying. Well, bitch, if you had COVID, say you had COVID, don't just say I'm sick. Yeah. I want more information. I want a doctor's certificate because right now I'm calling bullshit. I'm like, you're in Hawaii with your family and you didn't want to fucking leave. Yep. I think she didn't want to be accountable for the Jack stuff. Do you think that she really did the bots? No. Well, I don't know, but I'm taking Garcelle's lead on this one and- if you'd said, like, you must think low of her to think that she'd do that, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, I do think low of you. What yeah. about the text message that she sent her? Do you think that it was as threatening as Garcelle says it is? Yes. Okay, so this is the text. Believe me when I say if anything happens to my children, you will be held legally responsible and no Bravo contract will stop me. I guess by making Cherie take down my birthday post, you wanted to solidify me as racist and actually ruin my life. I mean, calm down, Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah, that's a threat. Yeah, I mean, it is, I guess. It is a threat. She's pretty much said, I'm going to sue you (laughs) for the death of my children if they were to come to harm. And it is kind of funny that she's all freaking out because her family had been threatened. And it's like, well, Garcelle's child was threatened. Why should she be giving a fuck about you right now? Exactly. And when Carl alluded to or suggested that post should have been taken down, edited and then reposted in the midst of everything, I, I was so proud of Carl to just be like, yeah, nah, like, are you fucking serious? Well, people were spewing hate and physically threatening my kid. So tacky to, to suggest that. It's just beyond selfish. And look, the selfishness of these women is partially why we love them or why we love to watch them. Mm. But, yeah. Anyway, that's the episode. Next week we've got Rina saying she's a work in progress. I mean, come on, Jax Taylor. Crystal and Kyle fight again. I don't know where this is coming from, the Crystal and Kyle. Yeah, there's a lot of tension there, and I think it's because Crystal's close with Kathy. Oh, I didn't think of that. You're so right. Oh, that makes it even the juicier. Sutton tells Rinna they're not friends. I'm like, good for you, Sutton, because Rinna is clearly not a friend to you. And we get Kathy Hilton. I am so looking forward to that. Me too. Which one do you want to do, Potomac or Salt Lake? Maybe Potomac because it's new and fresh. Yeah. All right. So Spring Awakening, they really went ham in the spring stuff. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't care. I was just so happy to have my gals back. But we got a lot of, like, nature work as the transitions. We got bees. We got bird's nests. Like, (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I mean, I kind of loved it, but. It's cherry blossom season, baby. Who doesn't love a cherry blossom, though? So gorge. So gorge. And you know what's not gorge? And we just need to talk about it up top. Yeah. Giselle's confessional hair with those chunky highlights. Ooh. How does she keep doing this to us? She is so beautiful. And yet <laughs> her sense of style, she uh. can she just pay someone to be her stylist? <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I mean, I know that she loves it. But yeah. it's just, it's abuse to my eyes. <laughs> like, I don't, we don't need to see that. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. It just hurts my heart, people. I'm sorry. What did you think of the little intro speech in Potomac? We know how 
to do things with elegance, class. We know how to argue, communicate, blah, blah, blah. It was cute, I guess. But that was the season trailer, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, does a frog have a watertight asshole? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I could watch that every day. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't like this is groundbreaking stuff. No. But I was just like, God, I'm glad to have them back. I know. And how about Karen and Giselle together? I am obsessed. I love I need these two to be friends who throw shade at each other. I don't need them to be fighting. This is what I want. I want yes. more of this. Quite yeah. frankly, I didn't need anyone else on this picnic. No, but it was good that it was like the OGs. Yes, it was, wasn't like, it? It was so nice not to have Candace there because still hate her. Yes. Ugh. I'm just, I'm obsessed with their banter. It's just everything I need. And then fucking Robin arrives and it like broke my little, it's like I was having like a little fantasy dream and then Robin rocked up and I woke up. I don't don't hate Robin. I hate Robin, I think, like you hate Kyle. (laughs) Oh, wow, that's a lot. Like I'm not angry at Robin. I just Mm. don't know why she is on my TV. I don't know why she needs to be getting a check for being on this show. Stay (laughs) home and just in Baltimore. Take your little fucking hat money. Like seriously, all she gives us for the how many how many seasons has she been on this show? Five, seven. She has. Oh, she's been on it since the beginning. Yeah. Bitch has been getting a check for seven seasons and her entire storyline is getting married and these hats. And she hasn't even got married. I saw someone on Twitter. They said that Robin's wedding storyline is the she by Sheree of Potomac. Fucking oath it is. <laughs> it is the she by Sheree and I don't even want, like, no offence, Sheree, I don't need that either. I don't, like, sorry, She by Sheree finally happens and she's fucking stealing designs from, like, cheap-ass websites. This fucking wedding, no wedding, your husband's clearly gay and wants Michael Darby, (laughs) fuck off. He's got a coochie craving, does he? He's got a fucking Michael coochie craving. I would respect that relationship way more than her and Juan's relationship. Sorry, I'm done. I am so over it. And that fucking hair that she had, this is it. This is what we get. That I am so glad Juan Dixon is not here right now oh to hear this. Oh, my God. Ugh. I'm sorry. I don't need to see women on my housewife shows who live in houses that aren't cuter <laughs> than my own. Why? At least with Dorit, she brings the fashions. This bitch lives in a townhouse that could fit in my house and I'm a poor person. Enough. With your fucking tracksuits and your thongs. Step up your pussy or get the fuck off my TV. I'm over it. Remember when we were going to try and be positive? Nah, fuck that shit. I'm pre-menstrual. I woke up way too early in the morning. I'm done, people. Okay, okay. Okay, no, I'm really having a good time. That's good, that's good. I just hate Robin Dixon. The end. (laughs) Say that. Oh, okay. No, say that. That's like, yeah, like, preach. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, like, you could have summed all that up in a I No, 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 yeah. Okay. So, moving on. Ashley arrives. Miss finally getting divorced. What do you think about it? Just loved all their reactions. I know. <laughs> I know. And what about, okay, I don't think any of these women really like Mia. Oh, God, no. Do we need her on the TV? Yes. Cause... No, I feel like Mia's like a disconnect. She's not actually friends with any of them. I know, but look at her bringing everyone else together and having someone to talk about. That's true. And do you agree with them that Mia is attention-seeking with her social posts? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. I just can't fathom someone being like that, so I find that shocking. Oh, yeah. Someone's going to play the cancer card? I love when they were like, don't say the C word unless you're sure. Like, you've got to really be sure of that. Yeah, that's true. I would agree with that. And that's my question is like later on when she's talking about it, even to her mum or to the ladies later, I don't believe that a doctor said you might have cancer or it looks like cancer. From what I understand about my experience with doctors is they're very reticent to say anything unless it's in the affirmative. Well, her doctor was Dr. Google. She went to WebMD and she said, yep, that's the diagnosis. Dude. I know people who have had to have biopsies because it's an abnormal lump, whatever, but they don't say... What's Ashley's uncle got to do with this? 
it, they don't say it could be cancer. They say, we don't know, we need to do further tests. Tests, yeah. They don't, like, for, for legal reasons, they're not going to say it, let alone for ethical reasons, yeah. right? Okay, cool. I think Karen summed it up when she said, I wouldn't have gone to Instagram. I personally would have went to Jesus and had Satan on his knees. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm Queen Karen, bringing it. She brings it every ball. Like, why are we so surprised? But I'm so... I'm sorry, she's just on this show, my everything. She is Queen Karen. And -hmm. that's the thing. Why are we still having this argument about who is the grand dame of Potomac? We're not. We're not. They are. We're not. They are, but we're not. Why is she saying it's Sharice? Go home, Sharice. We don't need you. (laughs) We just, I do not need Sharice. I don't even think she's funny. I think she's just mean. Yeah. Anywho, so what do you think about Ashley and Michael buying a house in a joint LLC for her and the kids? Do you know what? I sort of side with Ashley on this. I don't see the big deal. Like, they have children. I don't either. The only thing people would say to that is then, yes, Michael's doing this for you and the kids, or for the kids, but it means he owns your house. And I think what she wasn't getting across was, I can afford X house, Michael wants his kids to live in B house. So we're going to pool money so that his kids and I can live in B house. So then wouldn't you just make sure legally that let's say she can afford for argument's sake, a million dollars and he wants them to live in a $1.8 million house. Then he owns $800,000 of the house and you own a million dollars of the house. So what? I know. And yeah, because she's not affording that house on her own. So, no. like, use the creepy old white man. Yeah. But I was sort of under the impression or the assumption that the post-nup would be coming into play. Like, I'm sure this is all, like... Well, uh, did you see her on Watch What Happens Live? No. Nah. Okay, so you know how in the show she says that her prenup had expired? Yeah. Because it was valid for five years. So, after that, she would be entitled to half, not a lump sum, not alimony. What's her uncle got to do with it? Yeah. Keep bringing her uncle into it. We will in a minute. On Watch What Happens Live, she said to Andy that there was some specific language in her prenup that she wasn't aware of, i.e. she didn't fucking understand. She didn't read it. (laughs) Well, it's not about reading it. You fucking read it, but you don't understand how to interpret that language as legal jargon. You understand it as English, but you don't understand that certain words mean different things under the law. So I think that's what she's talking about. And so that may not actually make her prenup null and void. Okay. So I don't know what it means. She just, on Watch What Happens Live, inferred that potentially her prenup isn't 100% expired and that she gets half. It may mean, okay, it's expired, but now it means this. I don't know. She didn't give any more details. I just don't understand why Miss doesn't have a lawyer unless she's trying to reserve getting a lawyer not to spook Michael because Mm. right now she's just going to take what she can get. Yeah, I think you've said for years now that she's smarter than she appears. So let's just leave the ball in her court and trust that she'll figure something out. I agree. Now, Karen tells them she's doing a spring into spring party. (laughs) Okay. And then we get those flashes of all her previous invitations because Giselle's like, this is our invite. Yeah. Mate, those dead butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And then she starts singing and bursts out eardrums. I don't care. I love Karen. She can do no wrong. Exactly. But then we see Candace. <gasps> oh, spawn of Satan. Now, I don't see, unlike Cynthia. Cynthia Bailey and Mike Hill, I don't see this divorce happening quickly. That's all I'm saying. I just don't get why she's raging on him in episode one because his schedule is inconsistent. I was like, aren't you supposedly touring this album that you just re-released, even though it was just released? So I don't know why you're re-releasing it. Like, surely your schedule's shit too, doll. I looked up why albums are re-released because I want it to be factual. Because no one buys it the first time around? Well, it's either because you're meeting a continued demand because it's become popular after its original release or... Albums are reissued to create interest in and hopefully revive the sales of a release which has sold poorly. That's what it is. I mean, we all love Drive Back, it's a bop, but there's no way anyone's listening to it on purpose. No, no, exactly. 
Like, if you accidentally hear it, you'd be like, okay, great, and move on with your life. No one's seeking it out. We listened to it ironically, and then we were done. We did play a little bit of it when we first heard it, didn't we? You kind of liked it. I was surprised, but then I'm like, I kind of get it. Yeah, but that's, you know, it's an album she's talking about, not just a song. What else is on this album? I don't understand because your husband was a chef before you married him. He's a chef now. I know chefs. They get home at one o'clock in the morning. Like, it's yeah. not unusual. That's the deal. It's normal. So, she, she's just, oh, they're, they're horrible together. And she's saying that you used to work from home. It's like, bitch, it was COVID. We were yeah. all home. <laughs> yeah. How does a chef work from home exactly? So, remember how they showed a little video of him like doing a cooking training class thing? Yeah. I think that's what he was doing. I think that he was working for some sort of culinary teaching school and he was doing COVID lessons from home. Yeah, but then as soon as you can get into a restaurant again, that's where you go. I'm like, working from home, how much was he possibly making? Like, leave the guy (laughs) alone. Wouldn't you rather that? Wouldn't you rather someone who wants to go to work as opposed to someone who just wants to stay home and do cute little videos for socials? Oh, totally. If I was her, I would be way happier that my husband wanted to keep his real job. As opposed to riding on the coattails, which is what the women were saying when they were in your film clip. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't fucking win with these people. No. I don't get what he sees in her. I really don't. But then apparently he's got a wandering eye, according to Giselle. So we'll see. (laughs) I love Giselle. (laughs) She's so messy and wonderful. so messy. Giselle produces the show Whitney wishes she was producing the show. And Kyle wishes she was producing. Yep. It's true. It's so true. Even Karen doesn't mind that Giselle's producing the show. She does it so well. Yeah. So, yeah, Candace is at the doctor's office freezing her embryos. I don't care. She's there with Chris and they're fighting. Yeah. Like, Talk about a red flag. I was thinking the same thing and I'm like, you're fighting in front of a fertility doctor? I'm thinking, yeah, you two are going to be fucking great parents. And the embryos are probably going to jump out and try and get away from them. And then they get in the car and they're still fucking fighting. Yeah, no. And like with the cameras on, I know it's meant to be reality TV, but if I was a housewife, I'd be saying to my husband before cameras roll and I'd be like, be fucking nice to me. We are going to go get, go to this embryo appointment and we're going to be on the same fucking page and then once the cameras are down, then we'll fight. But you bloody keep up appearances. Oh, my God, you seriously made me snort. <laughs> Sorry, that was too funny. I do get how in the first episode all of them, well, except for Robin, I think, appeared with their family. So well, obviously, yeah, no, they basically did. All of them had shots with their family. I'm sure they filmed with Robin and her family and it was fucking boring so it didn't make the cut. <laughs> but, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure they don't actually send a proper camera out to Robin. They just put up a GoPro <laughs> and just say, see if we catch does something. does live far, far away. But I thought <laughs> yeah. Mia, or Mia moved. Not Mia, Wendy. M- Wendy moved, right? You. And I forgot she existed until she came up. I know. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, Wendy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I will never read her mother's book. I'm sorry. I do not care for her mother. No, I do not. Her mother's like an abusive parent. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. Sorry. Never. No, no thanks. No, that's. I find her mother triggering, so no thanks. Okay, question. Before we got to Robin and Sharice, there was a transition shot. I can't say that properly. Transition shot of an upside-down wedding floral table arrangement and then they were playing like the wedding march song and then right at the end of it, the key of the music was like this fading, dying kind of... (laughs) And then we go to Robin and Charisse. So was that shade to Robin and her never-ending getting married saga? Yeah, that was shade from a cherry blossom tree shade. Okay, because I thought it was shade about Candace's marriage. (laughs) Or maybe it was shade about both. Maybe it was the transition shot. I don't know. Robin and Sharice, obviously Sharice is now a full-time friend of, again. again. And we have to talk about Robin's non-existent storyline, blah, blah. I think you covered it. I think I did. you covered it. But now, no, no, wait, there's more. Her new oh, no. storyline for the season is her wanting a prenup. Oh, she's such an idiot. It's been years. In her defence, she did sign one when Juan had a lot of money. So now yeah. she's like, I make more money than you. I want you to sign one, which is, I think is fucking fair enough. And I think if he argues about it, that's hypocritical and bullshit. Yeah. Sorry. Fair enough. I just think, like, your engagement party was two seasons ago. You could maybe have sorted this out already. Yeah, that's true. And when she's 
questioning Ashley later. Mm. She's like, what? You bought a house for them. That's not a divorce. And it's like, didn't one sleep on your couch for like 10 years? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. It's a bit hypocritical. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they were divorced and slept in the same bed. Well, I mean, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. And then we go to Mia's house. She's moved to Potomac proper. Mm-hmm. She's in a big-ass house and lives down the road from Karen. From Karen's rental house, as they keep reminding us. And this is Mia's rental house. But did Karen, like Mia, spend over $65,000 renovating her rental? Who renovates a rental? See, I don't I don't buy it. I don't think she renovated a rental. I think she spent $65,000 on the furniture. Oh, right, yes. That's what I that think she sense. did because that furniture yep. looked brand new. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think she spent sixty-five k on the actual house, on the building. But that's kind of the impression that she gave. It's a bit desperate to be like, look at me, I'm in Potomac. And it's like, okay, Joel. Yeah. But what I did learn and find funny was that her rent is $10,000 a month, just yeah. like Erica Jane's. So Erica mm. could move to Potomac and live in a nice big house again instead of her bungalow. That's all I'm saying. No shade to Potomac as a region to live in, but, mm. like, if I'm spending 10K a month, I'd rather be, like, somewhere more fun. <laughs> yeah, but you get more bang for your buck in Potomac. I'd rather be in a cupboard in New York City than in a mansion in Potomac. I agree. Potomac looks pretty. but it Sure just, does. It looks pretty and it looks boring. Soars, it does. And what do I know? Like, to me, Epic is sitting at home watching TV. So, you know, it's not like yeah. I'd be enjoying the city if I lived elsewhere. Okay, so Mia's whole family's coming over and I'm like, when they work all together, it looked like they hadn't seen each other for ages. Did you notice I, that? I didn't take any notes on Mia. I was just like, what got these people agree to come to her house? Was it the private chef? Was it the cameras? Was it being invited in the first place? I don't know. Cameras. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously Mia and Karen, who, you know, they live down the road from each other, seem to be going along with the idea that they're real friends because Karen and Ray come over. Well, is Karen the one that brought Mia on? Like, was that the fake established relationship? I think it might have been. I don't know. So maybe maybe they're friends. I I can't really remember. And Mia's mum is wearing La Dame. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I thought that was hilarious. What did you think of Mia's monkey noises? I didn't. Re- I don't remember that. Okay, so Karen asks Mia's family what was quirky about Mia when she was a kid, and her sister says she can make monkey noises, and she fucking <laughs> does. And I swear to God, it sounds like a monkey, like a full screech. It was awesome. It was full National Geographic, man. It was cool. I thought it was funny. <laughs> no. Okay. Moving on. Wendy and Peter Thompson. <gasps> I know. This Peter is so sweaty for for a swipe show. It's so good. Why is he wearing sunnies inside the bar? <laughs> like, does, what does he think this is? Miami Vice from the 80s? He thinks he is so fucking cool. I know. Dude, you're like 83 years old. Go back to bed. <laughs> like, no one cares. With your fucking Givenchy T-shirt that you probably bought from, like, fucking Chinatown. No one cares. Yeah. Like, God bless. But she says that she wants to open up a... What does she want to open up? Do you remember, Nathan? No. All I know is I wouldn't be investing anything with Peter. No. So she wants to open up a bar and then she says, but Peter came to her. Oh, sorry, a Nigerian mm. lounge bar. That's what she wants to open up, a Nigerian lounge bar. And she's like, he approached her. It's like, really, bitch? I'm sure he approaches all of them. Well, maybe. And then what is her idea about having books and children in the bar? I don't know. It's, it's like, first of all, he's telling you to invest 20%. And yeah. this whole conversation has obviously happened before. And it's like, you don't get a say in what a business looks like if you're investing 20%. We all watch Vanderpump Rules with the Toms. They don't get a say in Tom Tom mm. with their 10%. He tells her to give him $300,000 for 20% ownership and she'll see a return in 18 to 22 months. And he reckons that... She'll see a return in 2020 never. Yeah, well, he reckons that the bar will make 25% profit and of that she'll get 20% back. Which he's saying that that's $8 million. So 25% of $8 million and she gets 20% of that 25%, which means she could be making 400000 a year, which isn't bad for a $300,000 investment, no? Yeah, it's great if it ever happens. Yeah. These are all itty-bitty intro scenes. Yeah. 
Let's get to the party. Okay. You don't want to talk about Ashley at Uncle Lump's? <laughs> I love Lump. We get Lump at the beginning of every season. I love it. Yeah, it's always good to touch down with Lump. It's true. With this scene with Uncle Lump, he's just freaking out about Ashley buying a house with Michael. He's not happy about it. He wants her to get a lawyer, blah, blah. Yeah. And we see Giselle's house. Uh, I mean... Please, please, for the sake of everyone, let's right, skip let's over just, that. Let's just go to the party. Okay, so we're at the party and I was thinking this party was going to be like a little freaking get-together at her house, but it's like in a full mm-hmm. fucking venue. Why? Yeah, oh, with all those stairs. I oh. didn't appreciate that. Does she just not want these women in her home? Is that what it is? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, so we meet a friend of Mia's called Jacqueline for a second. And I just thought, is this bitch coming back on our screens? Like, why do we care? And I think she is. Yeah. So oh. Karen and Giselle are keeping it cute. They're talking about the kids and Ashley. Ashley walks in looking semi nakeda I mean, what did you think of her little semi-naked outfit? I loved it. I thought it was a little team too much wearing a bra and a skirt, but good for her. She looks great. Didn't she have body image issues after her last pregnancy and Michael was saying she's not sexy and stuff? So, yeah. like, if you think of it that way, it's like this is a personal achievement for her. I agree. I think she looks amazing. What kind of happens here? I don't know. Like, stuff happened, but... It's just all talking about the divorce and the coochie craving for Michael and mm. stuff. But what really excited me was when Giselle was just, like, shutting bitches down and oh, stirring up shit. With me, are you mean? Yeah, and the and the not wanting a hug, and the, Wendy the no wave touching, off. Yes. the wave off. Oh my god, that's right. So good. Wendy tries to say hello to Giselle, and Giselle does this like kind of hand wave off, like "Don't touch me, no thank you, no hugs, I'm amazing." No she touching. was like a I'm prison good. warden. Yeah, you know, in like Arrested Development, when they're like, "No touching," <laughs> she yes. did that. Yes. Oh my god, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was like, "Who the fuck do you think you are, bitch?" We just had a massive fight like a month ago. Wow. Yeah. And when Mia comes in, she goes, "So this is what cancer, no cancer, looks like." Oh, I mean, girl. I mean, even Karen's mouth dropped open. <laughs> Everyone was gooped, gagged, agog and aghast. They were. What was with um, Giselle coming in hot with Mia? Giselle was just like, come on, babies. It's it's episode one. Let's get some fun happening. Right. And I appreciate it. I don't know what's worse, posting that you've probably got cancer if you don't or literally saying to someone, what does she say? So this is what cancer, no cancer looks like. <laughs> Fuck Giselle. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. When Mia's sort of explaining to her mum at her house earlier that because her mum asks her if she got test results and she was really, really unclear. She says that she has lumps. It's a disease, but they don't know what it is. Why are you calling it a disease if they don't know what it is? I know, yeah. That makes no sense. But, yeah, after Giselle and Mia kind of have that <laughs> little combo, we get it to be continued. <laughs> I mean. I loved every second of it. You're right. I mean, I could have cut out half of all that shit. Yeah. Okay. But, but then nothing really happened at the party until the very end. So No, that's we'll right. So... Yeah. Shall we do Salt Lake City? Yeah, let's do it then. All right, courtside conundrum. Now, just before we get back into it, <laughs> Jen Shah's sentencing has been postponed from oh, November 18 to December 15 because apparently there's a scheduling conflict for some of the members of the government team. Can we not get this shit going, please? I know. Like, who do we need to send in to organise that? Do we need to get Monique with the binder in there to sort everyone out with the Not For Lazy Mums? She'd get it cracking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but postponing from November till December, like, are we going to fucking get this done before Christmas? I know. I need to know this is done before Christmas. I need her in bars before New Year's. I pretty much do. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so look, we're still in Arizona, people, and we're at the dinner. Lisa and Meredith just starting on each other, hey? So Lisa yeah. says she regrets her choice of words and that pisses Meredith off. Meredith's passing at this point. Sorry, Lisa did not mean what Meredith is saying. She didn't mean I meant to say it, I just meant to say it nicer. That's not what she meant. She's saying she's sorry for fuck's sake. No? But, well, Lisa in confessional also is like, yeah, I didn't make up what I said. Yeah. The- she's still... Standing by the rant. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The producer asks her if she made it up and she said, no, that's the truth. That was kind of funny. And that was in my head. I was like full Monique Hart going, facts are facts, America. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. She is bad with her words though. When she says the thing about the wrists, like I feel like we all sort of went, ugh. 
Like, you don't say that. It's not an appropriate thing to say, but I do love how in confessional, Heather's like, uh, nothing that Meredith said was wrong or mean, but those words do cut a bitch. Yeah. I just loved that. And then she Heather gives us this impression of Meredith in confessional that seriously reminded me of Lady Bracknell from The Importance of Being Earnest. Just the way that she said it was, oh, yeah. Yeah. once I meet your therapist and she deems you worthy, then I shall perhaps consider a path to resolution. But until then, I cannot help you. I cannot help you until you help yourself. I just loved it. Heather oh. was on fire this episode. She I was sort was. of expecting to hate her this season but and then we remember why we love her because bitch is fucking funny she's funny so funny whitney is trying to get a little kumbaya moment with lisa and meredith by saying to her explain the pain and the hurt and where it comes from and then that's when she says you're right i won't split my wrists for anybody oh my god and then of course meredith fake cries because she had a family member that attempted suicide like, mm. I kind of feel sorry for Lisa. Like, she can't win for fucking trying, mate. It's not going to happen. But then they did a flashback. She said that expression before, and I'm like, maybe just take that out of your vocab. I don't disagree, but there is no way that Meredith is going to let Lisa get away with anything. It doesn't matter what she says. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like fucking Vicky Gumbleson said, she's going to be nailed to the cross like Jesus was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Meredith needs to call it. Oh, my God. That's so funny. And then fucking Jen Shah, voice of reason, what's going on? I know. Reminds them that this is petty to the shit she's going through. And it's true. Like, even Heather says to her later, when it gets really bad, like, this little trip was apparently supposed to be for you. And they're all arguing about who called who a trash whore. Like, yeah. can we calm down? I know. It does get a bit annoying when Jen is constantly bringing it back to her being the victim. I know. <laughs> I prefer when she's fun and she's got a megaphone and she's shouting out people in the mornings. Yes. Like, that's fun. Speaking of which, day two, Jen Shah wakes everyone them up with a megaphone and I'm like, I love this Jen Shah. I, I love, love the Jen Shah that says she wants to have fun, she doesn't want to drink no cow coochie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I could not have made up a better word. Cow coochie for cacao. I love her. (laughs) I love this Jen Shah who wants to turn it up, have fun. And look, we have had these bicycle drink, booze, bussy, whatever you call them before. We've had it on Jersey, etc. This time it looked like so much fun. I know. I didn't know that they were allowed to trash it, but they certainly did. <laughs> Fucking Whitney's like grabbing onto like the little stuff in the in the on the roof, the ceiling, and flipping her legs over like it's the monkey bars. And Jen is pouring canned booze onto her coochie, onto her crutch. They're all sticky, like disgusting, but whatever. And like. With Lisa and Meredith, it was, like, completely pointed. They're like, ha-ha, we're having fun, we're throwing wine, but then they did the slow-mo. Yeah, oh, that was <laughs> fucking hilarious. I did appreciate they avoided each other's faces because some of them famously got glam, so mm. they just restricted it to the clothes. Is the glam that they're getting in these places glam they're bringing with them or is it, like, someone you're paying 100 bucks to do your makeup that day? I don't know. Because you can do that. There are plenty of services where you call up and say, hey, I need someone to come and do my makeup. And it's like a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's why I think one of them was in a branded T-shirt. It's not like fucking Dorit flying her glam first class or whatever. It's a bit Mm. different. But anywho, Mm -hmm. I still think it's stupid. So then they go to this private rodeo show. I mean, it's like synchronised swimming in the dirt on horses. (laughs) Snooze first. (laughs) Thank you. And then they get them to put on these like cha-cha dresses. I don't know. They look like like full-on gorge Barbie outfits. I don't know. I just appreciated how like... Two of them were like, oh, we have to go and get dressed over here and, like, leave the full fucking venue just to have a private chat where the others are just getting dressed right there. Right there. <laughs> and then, like, and then Lisa's going on about these really expensive Dior boots or whatever, and I'm like, two minutes ago you were, like, pouring booze all over yourself. <laughs> I'm sure they got on these boots, and now you're going on and on and on and on about them. Okay, we get it. They were pricey boots. And the horses, she's got an affinity with horses, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, you got to have some friends, fuck. <laughs> I kind of felt, well, if a horsey likes Lisa, then maybe she's not so bad. <laughs> you know me and the animals. If animals like yeah. you, you can't be that fucking bad. And Heather, like, struggling to get on the horse, that was fun. <laughs> Poor horsey. 
Like, are you going to get on, bitch, or not? What's going on? (laughs) There wasn't really much going on here with this scene. They tried. They were just talking about the whole Meredith and Lisa of it all. Really, that's all that they were talking about at the rodeo. Do you have anything else on that? Nah, just Meredith was being so annoying. Oh, she was. Actually, before that in the morning, they had a little chat, didn't they? That's when Heather said stop being a condescending superior bitch and she nailed it. Sorry, I missed I missed that, but you're right. As soon as she was saying basically I'm over Meredith, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm allowed to be too then because I kind of am. Like I know it was mm-hmm. only a month ago, but if you're really over it and don't want to talk about it, then just shut up. You don't have to – like it's all she wants to talk about, but no one else is allowed to talk about it. I know, and you've done your tit for tat. You've gotten the other rumours out there. Like, yeah, move, move on. on. Yeah, move on. So, okay, we're already at the undie party. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything else? No, we, let's just get to that lingerie party. Okay, I'm calling it an undie party. The garbage whore lingerie party where Jen tells the makeup artist she got the idea from Lisa when she called <laughs> Meredith a piece of shit garbage whore. Uh, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> So good. Now I get why it's a garbage hall lingerie party and I love it. What I do find weird, I'm sorry, they're cooking in their undies. I don't know if I'd be cooking in my lingerie. Yeah, no, me neither. Meat fat spitting out at you. No. Why are you cooking if you're having a lingerie party? Yeah, Were there no we caterers? Get this catered, yeah. Were there no caterers in Arizona? What's going on? Why are you cooking your own food? I don't know. What? I know. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Stop handling raw meat and vegetables with your tartars yeah, out. I yeah. agree. Oh, I don't know. Like, What did you think of Meredith's I Heart New York hat? Like, I think she's leaning into that merch a little bit too hard. I love that. No, it's only been a month. <laughs> I love it. Lean all the way. Lean all the fucking way. I'm with you. And it. then what do you think of Lisa wearing, like, full coverage pajamas? Yeah, Mormon 2.0 pajamas. I'm like, <laughs> I've seen you wearing a lot less. You could have done what Meredith did. Meredith was wearing a corset and pleather pants. I thought that fit in with the theme and yet she was fully closed. Yeah. These fucking yeah. pyjamas, I don't know. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, I feel like Whitney just had a lot going on with so little. Yeah, she did have a lot going on with so little. Jen Shah still got her fucking megaphone. Love that. <laughs> I have never had a megaphone moment and I wasn't annoyed. Jen Shah on Vacanza is the best Jen Shah. Whitney does not want to let the mouse go with all these Lisa rumours because I think she's feeling guilty, right? She's a fucking idiot is what she is. Like, looking back on the flashback, Whitney said all of that crap. Like, she's like, you brought it up, Meredith. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't have to then go and spill and add all this extra detail, including the BJs for the jazz tickets. I know, I mean, you did that, Whitney, and so don't act like you're being put in the middle. Like, no, she she's feeling guilty because Meredith came to your house for the first time in two years. This woman has come to your house, and she got you to do her dirty work in about three seconds. She played you. I don't see yeah. Meredith going to Whitney's house ever again. She <laughs> fucking played you, and you knew when she said, like when Whitney said, Meredith's never come over. She's here because she needs me. You thought she needed a friend? No, she didn't need a friend. She needed someone to do her dirty work for her and you did it. And she feels stupid as fuck. I've been that person in my youth where I was like, motherfucker, you took advantage of my personality and what I'm like and my weaknesses and you played me. She got played by Meredith. Sorry. Okay, but then why is she now bringing it up? Like, why is she doesn't want Lisa to watch this at the end of the season while they're building this friendship and go, what the fuck, bitch, which she's going to anyway. It's worse now. Basically, Whitney tried to fix what she did by bringing Meredith back into the gossip and it did not work. It flopped hard. I mean, it was fun to watch, but it was also kind of infuriating. It didn't work, but it did because of who Lisa is. Lisa will say in reunion, yeah, Whitney, you fucked up, but then she'll turn her wrath onto Meredith. So it will kind of work, I think. Well, but in the meantime, then she should have 
pulled Heather aside and said, hey, did you hear this too? <laughs> like, am I taking crazy pills or did Angie just tell us this? Like, get that story straight. Because, like, I don't know if you're both courtside or if she's sitting three rows back. Like, yeah. s- consolidate or figure it out before you bring it on camera. And did you notice that any time Whitney would speak, then she'd stop speaking and then she'd, like, slug a glass of wine? Is that the word, slug? Oh, yeah. She would down a glass of wine. She'd just sit there and guzzle, guzzle, guzzle. It's like she was hammered. She was so drunk. You do not talk about relationships when you're drunk, people. You just don't. That's why Heather was like, let's get the food out. Yeah. Put a pause on it. Let's eat something real quick. Are we really having this conversation, though? Like someone blew a guy for jazz tickets. And as Heather says in confessional, it's not like they were courtside Lakers tickets. Like, can yeah, we calm she said, down? You don't, you don't have to get on your knees for courtside at the Jazz. <laughs> but she did say she'd give a blowy for a burger. <laughs> well, I was thinking when Whitney or whatever repeated it oh, and they bleeped it out and Lisa said disgusting five times. She's like, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. And I was like, if I was that guy with the jazz tickets watching this back and she was saying it's disgusting to have to sleep with me, I'd be so offended. My feelings would be so hurt. <laughs> Blowies for jazz tickets. <laughs> so it's hilarious. Oh, my God. At the end of the day, Whitney, you're busted for bitching about someone who you want to be friends with now. And quite frankly, Lisa doesn't give a fuck about you, Whitney. She's happy to be friends with you because no one else wants to be like stop putting all your eggs in that basket honestly you're not gonna keep Lisa's next season so funny when lisa runs off like kyle in amsterdam oh with the it's like she was hopping she was hopping out the room i was like do a deer a female deer mate like full you know what i mean what i loved the fact that we got to see that a couple of times it was like she was on tippy toes or something it what With this? the arms wailing like a oh, muppet. It's like, is this is this the first time you've like ever tried running? Like, what's going on? <laughs> it was so good. Oh my god! And her screaming. I don't know how much more I can take, bitch. It's been a month. One month. All I have is my family. I've taken the brunt of so much. The brunt of what? It's been one month. Like she's acting mm-hmm. like Jen Shah who unfortunately was triggered when she heard all I have is my family because the poor bitch, literally all she has is her family. She doesn't even have yeah. a fucking credit card right now. <laughs> she doesn't have a fucking debit card. What's the point? She's got no money in her bank account. Like uh-huh, That's why she's sitting at home doing puzzles. Exactly. Like I was just thinking that she probably got from the Goodwill. But anyway, <laughs> didn't we hear when she gets up, because she has to call John, this is Lisa Obbs, did we hear a producer say wait? I think oh, I heard a I producer didn't. say wait as she's running off sobbing. I'm pretty sure I heard a guy's voice. Oh, uh, you know what? Maybe I did hear something weird. Yeah. yeah. I rewound it. I actually did. And I was just like, I'm pretty sure I heard a producer say wait, like wait, Lisa. And that's where she's like, no, I've got to call John. I know. And what's John going to say? I know. Who cares, dude? But not who cares, but they'd just be like, like she's inside fucking packing her shit in her room. I love that. Yeah. That's like the ultimate housewife move. I know. And what did you think of when Meredith gets up and she does the knock and she enters? <laughs> like, that's fucking rude. Um, why do you care? Why are you following Lisa? Why do you need Lisa to know that it was Whitney that said that and not you? If you really hate this woman, why would you care? Well, because Whitney's spinning a yarn. Whitney's talking shit and she's lying. If you hated this person, you I wouldn't give a shit if she thought I said it or not. Well, I don't give a fuck if you think Whitney said it. I would have been a good friend to Whitney and gone, I hate her so much right now. Let me say to her, I'm the one that said it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, well, Meredith doesn't have that spunk. I don't think Meredith hates Lisa as much as she's saying she does. I think she's so hurt by her friend and that's all it is. Because if you didn't care about this person... You wouldn't care what they thought you said about them or not. Yeah. So this whole Lisa Meredith thing, they're going to eventually, I think, get over it. And if they, by some miracle, don't, like this is someone who is hurt from their friend, not someone who hates someone. Sozzle. Yeah. Well, so what do you think of the litany and Heather sort (gasps) of breakdown in the relationship there? Because I'm not happy about it at all. I get why Heather's over it, though. Oh, I get why Heather's pissed off. 
but I don't like bad weather not being friends. I don't like it. I want these two to be friends. I like Heather and Whitney because I think that Whitney is a mess, yes, but I don't think that Whitney is a calculated nasty person. I think she's a calculated, desperate person. No, I don't think she's calculated. Right now, she's not thinking clearly. She's not bright enough in that respect to be calculated. I think every time she does something, she thinks, what would a housewife do? Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. And in that respect, I think she's calculated. Oh, maybe I don't give her enough credit. I'm not saying that she's a mastermind. I'm just saying she's just like... She just thinks in housewife stereotypes. Right. And so she self-produces in that respect, trying to be good TV. Yeah, but I just don't think I would trust any of the other women with Heather. Like none of the other women really like Heather, in my opinion. Jen does. Jen's fucking going Except to for jail. when she calls her an ogre. Jen, <laughs> Jen likes Heather because Heather's fun and because Heather likes Jen. Yeah. Well, Heather likes Jen more than Jen likes Heather. I don't know, but is Whitney lying? That's what I'm asking. Or has she just got a wrong version of the truth? I don't think that Whitney's lying. I think that Whitney was like, you were there, so you heard it. That's her me- That's her memory. And Heather's like, it doesn't matter whether you think I heard it. I'm telling you I didn't. So Whitney is drunk and wrong for calling Heather a liar. Yeah. But then Angie Kay on Twitter, she's saying Ooh. this never happened. Yeah. Well, of course she's fucking saying it never, ha- never happened. She knows the guy. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. no, no, no. Angie's covering for her fucking self. Sorry. So you think Angie said something, Whitney heard it, Heather didn't actually hear it. A hundred percent. Because I think Heather had a point when she's like, if I heard it, I would have fucking loved that bit of juicy tea. Exactly. <laughs> when I hear Whitney saying this and this and this happened, I think she believes that's how it happened. I think that she doesn't have a strong memory for things. Right. And when she's saying, I know this to be true, that is her truth. I believe it. I just believe that she is not practised in anything that she's doing right now and she's a fucking red-hot mess. And I'm kind of giving her a little bit of grace because I don't think any of it's coming from malice. That's Mm. all. And I think that if she says something's fact, that if people don't agree with her, she thinks they're lying. But really what she's got to slow down and come to terms with is just because this is how you remember it, it doesn't mean it's how everyone else remembers it. They're not necessarily lying. But for her right now, it's either her her truth or you're telling a lie. So I get it. I get where she's coming from, but she is wrong. She's an idiot. If you're going to play the Game of Thrones, <laughs> oh you God. best not miss. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think that Whitney is really stupid to get Heather offside right now because Heather's the only one that actually cares about her. On this show. I'm sorry. How focused was this fucking Whitney at the jazz game? Like, as if in the next quarter, you wouldn't just turn to Heather and be like, oh my God, did you hear that? Mm. Or you call her afterwards and be like, hey, did you hear about the BJs? Like, come on, bitch. Reinforce your story before you're bringing it up on camera. I'm sick of you, Whitney. You're not wrong. <laughs> she is not having a good season. No, get your buddy ducks in a row. She's a fucking mess, man. She's a mess. <laughs> She's a mess. Anyway, I talked enough about Housewives for one morning. Shall we leave it there? So, I mean, it's a TBC, so no preview. Yep. Okay. Well, should we leave it there then? Yep. Check us out at Effing Bravo, Twitter, Insta, if you want to send us any dog pics and cat pics and things like that. Oh, my God. Just quickly, Sozzle, Nathan showed me a message from someone yesterday. I just want to say to the people who send us messages about how we are a positive, you know, moment in their life. We hear you. We love you. We see you. We are so touched. I cried. My partner cried. And then he said, I'm so proud of you, Mariana. And then I just said, a la Erica Jane, that's all I ever wanted. (laughs) I had a full housewives moment. So people are so nice, Nathan. I just don't know what else to say. People are so nice. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.